Welcome to Unexpected Points. I'm your host, Kevin Cole. I am joined today by someone who honestly is playing a little bit, little making me wait, uh, play a little hard to get here th- th- this evening. He is co-founder. Uh, he's worth it, though. Co-founder of ETR, established the run. Evan Silva, thank you, buddy, for joining me. Evan, yeah, sorry about the uh, making you wait, just it's uh dealing with kids stuff and you know my daughter going to school like 45 minutes away from where i live but she's in a good spot and uh you know relative to other kids uh probably i mean i think everyone's struggling this year with the with the kids stuff and the school stuff but um yeah man thanks so much for uh the invite and having me on and uh let's 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 start talking some ball let's let's do it yeah i mean i wanted to have you on you were the first guest on my little solo venture of uh uh, last podcast, what would Sashi do? I still got Sashi, Sashi in, in the background. Not, not great for podcasting peace. here, but he's he's still there. The dream, the dream lives on. Um, so yeah, now that now that we now that we're we're connecting. Hey, here, by the I, way, Kevin, let, yeah. and let me let me cut you off. Um, sure. Actually, you know what? Let me not cut you off because I think that the two teams that you know actually tanked, which I don't even think it was tanking. It was more like um, you know, like if you were to equate it in real life, like taking a step back, being conservative for a year or two, uh, you know, collecting your assets, being, you know, savvy about your investments. Um, and then, you know, being able to use, uh, you know, what you did to spring forward. Actually, I think we're going to hit on both of these teams. So never mind. Let me not cut you off. Let's just talk about those teams eventually. <laughs> well, we will get to them. I, I don't You probably don't remember that when we did tape this episode, uh, the first episode of the podcast, and I, it was – and the 20, 2019 off season, early off season, I tried to, I try, I was trying to do some like segments back then. I've kind of ditched that whole thing because I don't want to have to think of them every week. And one of them was tank or don't tank, tank or no tank. And you said tank for every single team, so I appreciate, I appreciated that. That it was just like be- Bengals tank. You said tank then, and that's what we thought they didn't even have to tank. So that, I guess that that's part of the the bigger tanking picture is. Nobody. I don't know if anyone's even successfully pulled off a tank to get a top quarterback like we're seeing, like we're seeing um, with Trevor Lawrence next year. Uh, you know the whole the whole you know Gaze Adam Gaze thing. It wasn't a purposeful tank, but but anyway. So well, we'll, I think Jacksonville we'll talk about the teams. might be on its way. They they might be they might be. Uh, yeah, Minshew. He his, that injury may not resolve itself for for a while if they're if they're being savvy there. So we'll we'll end up seeing what happens. But anyway, so let's get into the conceit of this this podcast. So. What we're going to do is we're going to go back and forth. We're going to draft teams to pick who will be the eventual Super Bowl winner. Obviously, there's some different considerations there. Uh, you know, who, which team you think is the best? Which team has a particular record right now? How they can get into that home field slash buy situation? I think is pretty key in this discussion this year. Now that we have a new playoff format with only one one buy team, and a lot of it's going to come down to quarterback play, as it always does in our, our impressions on here. Because uh, right off the top, I mean, I'll just say that there are some teams, according to Vegas odds, which I've been comparing to different simulations that we run here, who are a bit higher and a bit lower. And I think it may be a, a difference of opinion on quarterbacks. So I think the first pick here, uh, you know what I'm going to do is I, I'm more interested in your opinion than in my opinion on this. And I feel like the first team is not that interesting, Right. Um, so I'm going to take that as I'm going to play home. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to use my, my home field advantage here as the host of this podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the chiefs right off of the board. The one thing that I'll ask you is that 
Our odds for them to win right now, um, we have it almost 25%. Vegas actually has it, the implied probability in here, which, of course, has a little juice in there. It's actually a little bit lower at 22%. Um, do you, but they have a pretty hard schedule the rest of the, rest of the season. We have them as having the 27th. Uh, actually, the, let me see, the, what would this be? Like the fifth most difficult schedule the rest of the season. Do you think that, that obviously, you would pick them number one. Do you think there's possibility that there could be any value left on them when everyone sees them as being the, clearly the best team in the NFL? I guess I would have to put more time into looking at odds and, and you know, uh, making that, that bet myself um, and having some actual skin in the game as it pertains to that bet, which I, I probably should do. Uh, but I have not done yet. Uh, the fact of the matter is, though, that the Chiefs, although they do have a relatively tough schedule, they're better than every team on the remainder of their schedule. And I don't think that we have seen the best out of the Chiefs yet. I think that um, they have, you know, they, they've been about as good as you could expect. But I, I do think that uh, we have not yet seen them reach their peak offensively or defensively. And even defensively, and I know that defense doesn't matter, but uh, even defensively, they sort of get it because they are a team that is solid against the pass and willing to give up rushing production. Um, and I, you know, those teams tend to fare really, really well. Um, the, the Patriots were like that for a really long time. Uh, and, you know, the, the fact that they can be somewhat taken advantage of the ground on, on the ground discourages teams from wanting to throw the ball aggressively against them. And when they do throw the ball aggressively against the Chiefs, the Chiefs, they can cover wide receivers. They've been one of the best teams in the NFL uh, in, uh, in uh, wide receiver coverage this year. They're top 10 in the NFL in quarterback hit rate from a pass rush standpoint. And their offense really has been, on, I think, on an upward trajectory, uh, uh, especially with like uh, Nicole Hardman, coming along as a real offensive weapon. Um, so, and, and, you know, they're relatively healthy and, and the guys that they did uh, deal with injuries early in the season, like uh, Mitchell Schwartz, maybe the best pass protecting right tackle in the league, missed a couple of games I think, with uh, due to uh, COVID uh, tracing and or COVID um, uh, positivity. You know, he's, he should be healthy after the buy. They they're coming off their buy right now. Um, and, I, I think that they're a team that can run the table, even though theoretically they have a difficult schedule. And, and I think that Patrick Mahomes is absolutely back to being the MVP front runner. I mean, Russell Wilson has seven turnovers over his last two games over his last four hasn't played particularly well. We'll talk about more about the Seahawks when we get to them, but uh, I think the, the chiefs are definitely the favorites again. Yeah. There's definitely a little bit of a bend don't break type of style to the offense. Now they almost got into trouble against the Panthers because the Panthers also converted three fourth downs, including a fourth and 14, I believe, uh, another fourth and seven on a fake punt. So yeah, in those situations, if a team has this absurd conversion rate, they can get into into some issues. But normally they've been able to keep teams down. Now, actually, the one team, though, that they didn't really prevent from having big plays was the Las Vegas Raiders, and that's who they're facing this weekend. So I think this will be an interesting matchup to see how, how they play um, a Derek Carr uh, gunslinging. Derek Carr has been rejuvenated with um, with some 4-2 speed, uh, able to able to throw it to on the outside. So well, I'm sure we'll 
Well, we'll get to the Raiders also as, as we go further, but let's just let's move on to number two here. And I think you can go a few different directions here. So who would you? Who do you think, if you had to pick as the the most likely team of those not residing in Kansas City? So if you look at a lot of power rankings right now, which are done by you know people that are just like look at record, you know generally just they look at the records and then they use the records to determine uh, the power rankings. The Steelers sit atop a lot of the the power rankings right now because they're undefeated. Um, but I think that they are actually there's like the Chiefs are in their own tier right now. And then as you mentioned, we could go a bunch of different directions. Still, I'm going to go with with the Steelers here. Uh, I think that Ben has been playing at a, at a pretty high level this season. Uh, they have uh, their offensive line is uh, largely healthy and has been playing at least at a, a league average rate. Uh, they have three dynamic receivers in Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, and God's gift to football, uh, AKA Calvin Johnson uh, 2.0, Chase Claypool. Uh, and, defensively you know they are i mean they they'll, they they can shut you down defensively um uh, they actually they've given up too many big plays in the passing game i think they they're uh bottom 10 in um 20 plus yard uh completions allowed so you can have them a little bit uh from from a vertical passing game standpoint uh but i mean they have the highest pressure rate in the NFL uh at 45% they are far, far and away number one in sack rate, far and away number one in um, quarterback hit rate. Uh, and I mean, the, the personnel speaks to itself. Uh, you know, the, the personnel is really, really strong uh, across the board from a pass rush standpoint. So I have my, you know, trepidations about, you know, betting on, on a team with a with 38 year old quarterback, but I think the Steelers and, and also their, their tendency to play down to their competition is scary. Like, you know, they barely beat the Cowboys, you know, and they've, they've done this throughout uh, Mike Tomlin's tenure for whatever reason. Um, But I think that they are right now, the second best team in the NFL, albeit uh, a large chunk below Kansas city. Yeah. I mean, a a lot of it with the Steelers is going to come down to, I mean, you don't, I don't, I don't like to reduce everything to the quarterback because I think that becomes like a caricature of, um, analytics generally, but when it comes to, to Ben Roethlisberger, I feel like when I watch them play, he's looked he's looked good, not great. Our grading on him has been pretty mediocre. He's kind of mid tier, and the biggest thing is the reason for that has been the lack of big plays. He's he's rates near the bottom ten in what we would call big time throws or throws that we grade as being a one plus or, or higher on them, and. He, but efficiency wise, he's been a top 10 quarterback by, by EPA per drop back. And I dug into this a little bit further and it looks like he's converting third downs on a pretty high level, but he's, he's actually done that pretty well during, during his career. So the question would be, are we going by the grading metrics? Do we think there may be some regression from his performance or do we think he can continue to play like that top 10 quarterback? Yeah, my theory on why we have not seen the consistent big plays in the passing game that we used to see from Big Ben, and I mean, you know, from time to time he'll hit hit one to Chase Claypool, but is that number one they have two short area low A dot dominators in Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster, number one, and number two because their offense has sort of changed to complement their defense, um, and their defense is so good, like they don't, I think they don't 
want to be and maybe don't even need to be super aggressive in the passing game. I would agree, though, with the grading that he's about uh, middle of the pack, um, you know, just across the league. But relative to I, I think they're trying to play like, you know, as you know, the old football heads would say, complimentary football. Um, and, you know, I think that's played a, a decent role in, in why they have been winning games, not only in blowout fashion, as we saw last week against Cincinnati, but also in narrow fashion at times. And we saw them against Dallas, like they were in a, in a pretty significant hole. They changed their offense on the fly at halftime, came out in like four and five receiver sets, lit up the Cowboys, came back and won the game. Um, so I don't know. That's kind of where I stand on the Steelers offense as it relates to the Steelers defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the other metrics that kind of go along with that, uh, fastest time to throw, I believe, still for for Big Ben. He is working a lot out of the shotgun where no play action, lowest play action rate, but that's been something that they've done for for a while too. So it kind of seems, seems like that's how they formulated their offense. And it, like you said, it plays into personnel. And I know our friend Josh Hermsmeyer, he likes to believe, and I think what we mentioned with Derek Carr earlier, some of this is true, is that uh, the receivers sometimes control that that a dot a little bit more than we like to think we like to think it's the quarterback controlling it but sometimes it's it's the receivers and whether or not you have someone who is who's stretching the field who ends up doing that all right so we got the Steelers off of the board here um you know I would have gone with I believe I would I would have gone with the Saints here if it wasn't for this I don't know what's going on with Drew Brees just because now because of that I'm going to pivot over to the Green Bay Packers just assuming that they're going to get home field advantage and I just think that that's that's so critical and I know there are concerns with the defense uh, concerns against the running game hopefully there won't be another uh, Raheem Mostert 2.0 destruction in in the playoffs as far as that's concerned but uh, you know Rodgers is playing at, at, at a good enough level now where especially if they can get that by advantage over everyone, everyone else, what you're really trying to avoid is you're just trying to avoid that one down game, which Rodgers is going to have more often than someone like a Patrick Mahomes. So if you have one fewer game to deal with, I think that's just so critical for them in the playoffs. And it will be critical for all these teams in the NFC who are pretty tightly bunched. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Packers next. Um, would you did you would you disagree or would you have gone with someone else there? No, I wouldn't disagree. Uh, but what I would do with my fourth pick is I would try to fade you uh, on the uh, Packers getting home field advantage, which obviously they're the favorite right now. Uh, but also the Buccaneers have uh, that that you know uh, blowout win. Um, I remember. Yes, it was thirty-eight to ten. Yeah. yeah, they had that that blowout win over the Packers straight up. And yep. then, uh, and, and also, um, I think the Buccaneers are a pretty complete team now, and, and they also have not had their bye yet. Um, and they're still a team that I think is sort of in transition while trying to, you know, incorporate Antonio Brown. I know we got this HOA thing, you know, with Antonio Brown doing what, you know, whatever he did, but, uh, it sounds like the, the Buccaneers are standing behind him. Certainly Tom Brady, is standing behind him. And even if they lose him, like they can just go back to, you know, running Scotty Miller in, in as the third part of their three receiver sets. And Scotty Miller has done some very nice things this year. They can rush the passer. Uh, they've got two excellent perimeter corners in Carlton Davis and uh, Jamel Dean. Um, 
and also, you know, looking at their schedule, it's not a it's not a cakewalk going into their bye by any means. I think they've they've got to go one and one here uh, against the Rams and then against the Chiefs in their next two. Uh, but then they've got their bye, and then they've got the Vikings, and it's in Tampa Bay. They've got uh, the Falcons, the Lions, and the Falcons again. And those are all, you know, four – like they could win out those last four. So if they go – if they go five and one over their last six, um, then they can end up with, uh, you know, a, 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 like a 12-4 and four record and get that uh, home field advantage and the, the, uh, the bye to start the playoffs. So just because you picked the Packers, I'm going to take – the Buccaneers, and hopefully they can secure that number one seed in the NFC. Yeah, that I, I like that. And I think Brady in some ways is the um, the flip side of Ben Roethlisberger at this point. He's, he's throwing the ball downfield more, but he's making more mistakes. He's grading extremely well. We have him in the top, there's kind of a top four guys who are separated from everyone else in our grading. It's Aaron Rodgers, who's now a, a, a mini mini gap between him and some of the others because of the fall off of Russell Wilson, and then Brady, Wilson, and and Mahomes, all right there. Yet his numbers have not been nearly as good. I mean, he's had the pick sixes, which have weighed on it heavily. He's taking a little bit more sacks than he would in the past, but you know, his said that that bar was so low for for what he was at before, and he suffered a lot of drops from his receivers, and that, all those things have kind of played into depressing his numbers, but but having his grade being higher. So are, are you buying Brady being able to continue this performance level, at least, and, and, and assuming that the, the numbers are also going to be um, commensurate with that as at the rest of the season? I think so. I think so. And I think the Buccaneers' offensive line has come together nicely, and they haven't had uh, Ali Marpet, uh, one of their best offensive linemen, here for the last what one or two games and he eventually will come back um to solidify that that front five uh so i i mean i like the way that they've for the most part when they don't play the saints uh they've pass protected pretty well they've gotten pretty good rushing production uh from their you know their multi-back uh rbbc uh and again i i really believe in their defense um you know they've got a lot of talented players on their defense they they definitely do. All right, so we got them locked in for your second pick here. So four teams off the board. Um, this one, God, like, again, like I, I don't. This is where it starts to get really interesting. I think. Yeah, this is this is because I, I think you know I'm still gonna go. I mean, I still have to go Saints here just because they still have the the inside shot to get that home field advantage and and get the division with two wins there and the hope would be that you're going to get a Teddy Bridgewater type window here with the defense starting to play better um where last season you know obviously they went undefeated with with Bridgewater I think people probably didn't realize there was a pretty decent drop off in performance from Breeze to Bridgewater but they had the defense and they had the the running game working uh that entire time I don't know about Jameis doing the same thing. Well, I mean, we'll see. I, I guess I'm I'm not as optimistic as some people on the Twitter sphere are about about Jameis's ability to step in here. But I, I think they have enough going, and and I don't know how long of a of a timeline this is going to be here. But it sounds like it's going to be a few weeks, right? Um, uh, on this type of situation, I mean, maybe we can maybe they can do a Deshaun Watson situation where they bust him around from game to game or something. But um, 
we'll end up seeing here. So, but but I, I think right now, just you have to go Saints here over the Seahawks, uh, just because of the the record and because of how difficult the Seahawks are going to have um, after you know winning this. They, 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 a lot of it really is going to depend on what happens this Thursday night for Seattle. Yeah, the Saint the Seahawks are I think in a little bit of trouble. They they needed that win I think against the Rams. They already got beat once by the Cardinals. Uh, or no, they came back. Did they did they beat the Cardinals? No, no, they was, lost that. I know it was thirty seven thirty four. That was that was the beginning of the uh, of the downspin for them. But yeah. yeah. So yeah, and look, uh, well, let, let's just wait to talk about the Seahawks, but. Um, <laughs> We might have to wait long. We might have to wait right. long. Do you want to? Um, well, that, that'd be the question. If if you're going to go, it, it, let's see who's next here. Because you, we can pivot right to, it ain't to your be the next. Seahawks. Your next I'm not going to take the Seahawks. Oh, you're off of the Seahawks. Interesting. Yeah, I might. I might have to like just my contrarian nature has been like off of the Seahawks now. Now I'm starting to feel like I, I mean maybe I want to get back on. But go ahead. You, Russ is uh, underrated. Got to fade me, right? Russ, um, Russ is underrated again. No, the, again. the Saints are really interesting because they're another team that, well, first of all, like for multiple years in a row, their defense has like begun the season just getting absolutely shredded. And then, you know, for whatever reason, like they get better over the course of the season. It, like the, the defense has carried them really the last two years in the back half of the year, number one. Uh, and could that happen again? I mean, I think maybe it has already started to happen. Um, you know, uh, their pass rush has started to come alive with, um, uh, Marcus Davenport, uh, and, uh, Marshawn Lattimore playing better lately. And then, you know, how are they going to treat Jameis? Uh, are they going to try to put like kid gloves on him and, and make sure that he doesn't throw those pick, you know, those patented pick sixes is Michael Thomas going to come back and be, you know, the, the receiver that we know that he can be, uh, historically because he's been a, like almost a complete non-factor so far this year. So there's a lot of question marks, I think, uh, about, about the saints. Um, and they're, they're sort of a, a team that I think could, uh, they could maybe run the table or they could maybe really peter out over the, you know, o- over the second half of the season right here, I'm going to go with the, uh, with the Ravens. And All right, yeah. Yeah. And I know that the Ravens haven't looked great lately, obviously, and we've you know seen them in prime time lately, and you know they lost to the the Patriots, who almost lost to the Jets the week before. But the Ravens have uh, this week the Titans at home. The Titans are a team that seems to be on the downslope a little bit. Uh, then they go to face the Steelers, and that'll be a tough one. But I think it'll probably be a, a close game. Then the Ravens host the Cowboys. That should be a relatively easy win. Uh, then they play the Browns, who they destroyed in week one, I think 38 to six. And I think the Browns just don't match up with what the Ravens can do uh, well. Uh, and then the Jaguars uh, and then the Giants. So I think the Ravens can can really catch some fire down the stretch. Um, they have allowed the fewest points in the league so far, although their offense has been sort of, you know, there's a lot of negative perception about their offense. They're top 12 in the NFL in scoring. Um, and I mean, I, I, I know their offense hasn't, hasn't been great, but I, I believe in Greg Roman, I believe in Lamar Jackson, believe in Mark Andrews, believe in Marquise Brown, the offensive line problems are concerning. I mean, they lost Ronnie Stanley for the year. Tiger Phillips, the right guard, uh, is going to miss at least another week. Um, 
So, uh, you know, they're, they're not the team that they were last year. I think they're a lot more defensive oriented, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they can't, you know, finish out with a lot of wins. And that's sort of what I expect them to do. Give the Steelers maybe a run in the, uh, in the AFC North. And um, I don't know, I, I still think they're a pretty darn good team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Going into the season, probably one of the biggest um, misses that I had, although it's early, so we'll see what happens, was I was buying into this Lamar Jackson taking a step in in, in the passing in the passing game going forward. Not that he was going to equal last year's results, because I think we already knew that there was a lot of regression that was coming, but it was more like where the true level was that he was going to regress to I was thinking maybe it was a bit higher than than what some others were thinking, and it hasn't been the case so far. Um, it's been largely due to a few really bad performances. I mean, I'm looking here. Uh, the Chiefs was really the beginning, right? So when we saw that they couldn't do anything against against the Chiefs, despite the fact that they they went down the field pretty pretty easily on the first drive, running the ball. Um, then they decided to kick a field goal on fourth and two, and it seems like uh, the offense has been has been downhill since then. But you know he he played pretty well last week, um, despite the fact that they lost. Obviously the weather was not was not so great. He was okay the week before. I think it was a little bit ugly, a little bit up and down against the the Colts. So I think there is some some optimism going forward for Lamar. And like you mentioned, the defense, it's other than the, the, the Kansas city game. And I was a little bit surprised by what happened to them against, against new England, but I I wasn't actually, I honestly was not watching that game as closely as others. Do you think this defense though, with their, I know that they have a similar style to the Steelers with a lot of blitzing, um, a lot of risk taking that's going on there. Do you put them in that sort of category as being a top team with, with the Steelers, or is there a decent gap there defensively? I mean, I still think there's a decent gap just because the Steelers' pass rush is outrageous. But uh, and like, the, if you consider what happened during the game to the Ravens, um, like they were already without Calais Campbell, who's like six seven, three hundred, and they lost Brandon Williams uh, during the game, who is you know six three. 360, you know, uh, after, you know, jumping in the sauna, um, you know, he, they lost Brandon Williams during the game. So, and then Damian Harris just had, you know, a marvelous game and Cam Newton was a stud as usual. And Rex Burkhead, you know, hashtag good at the game. He's uh, he balled out and, you know, I, the, the Patriots played, you know, at, at peak performance and the Ravens did not. And they had some key losses during the game and, you know, the, and, and then in the fourth quarter, like the, the freaking I have never heard the rain like, you know, obviously I'm watching the game on TV. I have never heard and I was watching the game with a couple other guys and they were both. I've never heard the rain like hit the camera that hard. Like it was yeah. it was just, you know, gushing down. And so there was nothing that they could do really in the fourth quarter to try to battle back. Um, you know, and look, I, you know, I whatever it's, it's, it's one game, but, and, and they were playing the Patriots in Foxborough. So it, it was a tough spot. Um, I was actually on the, the Patriots outright in that one. Uh, but the, the Ravens, I mean, I think the Ravens are going to finish strong. I, I still think that they're one of the best teams in the NFL. Okay. How about, um, and this is going to play in, I'm sure you have a, a fantasy spin on this too. Uh, Hollywood Brown, What's going on there? Um, and then now Nick Boyle's down. Not that Nick Boyle was that involved 
in the receiving game, but they already, you know, they traded away Hayden Hurst in the offseason. They were really down to Boyle and and Mark Andrews, and then they've been using like the fullback uh, Richard kind of as a as a tight end also. But they're a little thin uh, there, and you know, so, so I guess number one, can they get can they get on track with with Hollywood Brown, and do they even have the pieces that they need now going forward offensively? No, I think that that's an astute point that you make, and that was another injury that happened to them. Nick Boyle went down in the first quarter and, uh, against the Patriots, and he now he's out for the season. He, you know, he's not a guy that we think of, you know, very highly in fantasy because he doesn't put up, you know, a lot of a box score production, but uh, he's, I mean, he plays a ton of snaps for them. He's a really good blocker. He's essentially like, you know, there's six offensive linemen and he can be a, you know, a, a possession guy on third down. And after losing the left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, like, you know, Nick Boyle was a guy that could help, you know, their backup left tackle. And, uh, you know, losing him, I mean, it's it's significant. So uh, as to Marquise Brown, I mean, it's just that their passing game hasn't taken off. Their pass attempts haven't taken off. I think a lot of people expected positive regression or re- regression, uh, you know, toward the, uh, the, the over on the Ravens pass attempts uh, as compared to last season. And that certainly has not happened. Lamar has turned the ball over too much. And, you know, when you turn the ball over, that cuts down on your – offensive possessions and you know Marquise Brown I mean with his opportunities I think he's been largely fine but those opportunities just have not been there I think like as a lot of people might have expected this year yeah yeah we'll see if they can they can get on track because he's still getting a decent share there so well we will see going forward all right so I am going to I'm going to go ahead and scoop up the Seahawks here who as of a few weeks ago were a pretty popular pick um our 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 own pff george was uh was hyping them up as a, a super bowl contender for for most of the year uh so they've hit on hard times we, we we mentioned we mentioned the the cardinals game so they were that was you know their their first loss there then they beat the 49ers in a kind of a mess from garoppolo early um and and they're able to score it well there. And then they lose to the Bills and the Rams back-to-back and then now come and face the Cardinals again. So it's not not looking good here. So a couple of different things. One, you mentioned the turnovers. So Russ is turning the ball over a lot, which is unexpected and for for me i mean he had a very low interception rate last year and it wasn't really an it was a, it was you know a little bit lower than what sustainable of course but it wasn't an anomaly for him i mean he plays conservatively um he's taking a lot of sacks now that is something that i expect to happen and that's something that he does um and he's playing poorly on third down that's that's a big thing there i mean i looked through the numbers, he's about mid-tier. The grading, he goes down to about 28th on third down for, for our grading there. And I look back into the past, and he's only been okay on third down his whole career. I don't know. There, there might be something about putting him back there and forcing him to pass on longer third downs where he's he just not as successful at, at converting some of their. So there could be some stickiness to that. But regardless, he normally plays so well the rest of the time and with the scrambling and everything else that he makes up for all of it. So I'm still betting on the fact that I mean, I mean, think about the narratives around the two teams coming into this Thursday night. You know, they're still a three-point favorite. Where in a in a in a year where there really isn't that much home field advantage. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Seahawks here. But the question is, do you think 
Um, do you think teams – the narrative that I'm – well, not narrative, but the analysis that I've seen out there is that teams are learning how to play them. They're, they're playing a pass defense that's more of a – there's more of a pass defense even earlier downs, knowing that they're going to throw it more. They're blitzing in a somewhat of an exotic way with these with these pressures that we saw the Cardinals do to them in overtime, and we saw that the the Rams are doing to them a little bit last last game. Um, do you think it's do you think it's possible that people are figuring out how to how to stop Russ, or is it just a, just a bad stretch for him? No, I mean this is Russ has been around for what 10, 10 or eleven years, and teams have never really been able to stop him. I think it's probably because Russ, the, the recent struggles are probably because Russ is maybe he feels like he needs to do too much um, because the team around him isn't very good uh, with the exception of, you know, his two stud receivers. And I do think that David Moore is a pretty good third receiver, but the, the, the pass defense is one of the worst in, in NFL history. Uh, and, you know, we talked at the top about how like the chiefs have sort of they're playing the right way defensively. They don't have the most talented defense in the league, but they can rush the passer. They can, you know, cover your receivers. Um, you know, they don't give up a lot of big plays in the passing game. Um, and they do give up some rushing production. Like the Seahawks are the complete opposite where they don't give up a whole lot of rushing production, but they get smashed with explosive plays in the passing game. And I think that Russ is, you know, he's like a really smart guy, you know, he's a deep thinker. And um, I think that he puts a lot on himself uh, as he should. Uh, but I think that, you know, the, the turnovers lately have, have been largely attributed to that. And just the, one of the reasons I didn't want to take the Seahawks very early is because I don't believe in their team really other than Russ DK and, and Lockett. And now Lockett's dealing with a knee injury and, um, you know, I this they, now they if you look at their schedule and the Cardinals, you know, facing the Cardinals on Thursday night, it's a very losable game. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they go to Philadelphia and that's a losable game, although Philadelphia is also a very winnable game. But then after that, they face the Giants at home in Seattle. They face the Jets at home in Seattle and then they face Washington and then they face the Rams at home in Seattle. So they, you know, they're kind of set up to finish fast if they can get themselves together um, and Russ can stop giving the ball to the other team like he has uh, for the last two to four weeks. Do you think there's anything to these quotes, uh, Pete Carroll quotes about needing to be more balanced? And I don't know if they're going to they're going to have that luxury, honestly, against the Cardinals, because they're going to need they're going to need to score points. But um and that stretch in the schedule that you talked about against the Giants, Jets, uh, good old Washington football team, and then coming back to the Rams again, a team that they said they had to be more balanced against. Do you think there's any chance they revert back to uh, run, run, pass uh, uh, Seahawks? Well, I'll tell you what, watching the game against the Rams, um, I felt like they were trying to go back to that because they were down two scores with eight to nine minutes left, and they're running the ball between the guards with DJ Dallas you know, on first and second and long. And that was really, really discouraging. And, um, you know, whether, I mean, I obviously I don't think that Pete Carroll was right in that, but if they, if that's what they do believe is the answer to their problems, uh, then they're going to encounter a lot more problems. 
because their team just is not good enough to be able to overcome lost possessions. And I mean, watching that Rams Seahawks game, they, they, they blew so many possessions. It was, it was a very discouraging game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm in, in a weird kind of perverse way. I'm a, I'm a little bit happy that the Seahawks haven't done well. So now I can root for Russell Wilson again, since I had this like lukewarm take that he was not, that he was a little yeah. bit overrated. And then Are now the start, Seahawks uh, fans themselves have turned on him. So now I feel like I can be back. I, you know, I want to be, I want to be rooting for Russ. I want Russ, Russ to be underrated. I've been on that train his entire career until, until now. So I, I want to be back. So now I think I can, I, I can officially get back there now. Well, the baller move is not to retweet those old hate tweets <laughs> against you. The baller move yeah. is to go back and actually favorite them uh, because okay. the people get so pissed when you favorite <laughs> the. I mean, they, they, they lose their minds. It's like the, the most passive aggressive and coolest way to address it. I used to do that too. Uh, Cause I was, you know, skeptical of Mitchell Trubisky, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a couple off seasons back and I wouldn't retweet what the people uh, w- would say to me. I would favorite them. And, um, that was just that. It was just a lot of fun. It was a lot. Of oh fun. yeah, yeah. Passive, passive, aggressive, liking, favoriting tweets is always is is top notch <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah, I was I was doing a lot of that when I was seeing Seahawks fans like implode. Uh, what was going on? I was just favoriting all over the place, even though. What, that a boy, Kevin Cole. Oh man, yes. I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm, all right, I'm, so I'm, I'm learning. I'm I'm learning. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, I think I think we got we got you. We got you next. So. Who who are you with here? We still we still got the NFC West. We still got a lot of well, lot of guys. We in the still NFC got West the AFC East champion and the uh, MVP <laughs> touchdown. All right, yes. Let's get into it. Let's let's get into it. Uh, so yeah, are we, I mean, are we, look, the bet here. I'll be taking the Bills. The bet here would be yeah. that they close out the deal uh, and they they you know hold off the Dolphins to win the AFC East, and they hold off the the Patriots who are starting to show some life. Uh, ever since Cam Newton has overcome the, the COVID fog. Um, the the Bills have not had their buy yet. Now they're entering their buy. They're, if you look at uh, the production of the Bills offense uh, in relation to whether or not John Brown has been 100% or, you know, he's been, you know, uh, banged up or, you know, and, and out there not playing at 100%, like they are a much better offense when John Brown is out there at 100%. So hopefully he can get back there during this off week, their schedule down the stretch is, you know, if you would have looked at it before the season, it, it looked really bad, but it, 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 and it's still not great, but it's not as bad as it looked before the season. So coming out of their bye in week what 12, they will face at home uh, in Buffalo, the chargers. Uh, and, you know, the chargers are a dangerous team in that they can score a lot of points but also the Chargers always find ways to lose their two and seven. They'll be traveling to Buffalo for that week 12 game. Uh, and then the Bills face the 49ers who have lost everyone. Uh, and then the Bills face the Steelers. And the Steelers are going to be a tough opponent, but it is in Buffalo. And then the Bills face the Broncos who have been decimated by injury, don't have a quarterback. You know, that's another potential win. And then they go to New England, which is not going to be an easy win, but New England is, you know, probably like a, a seven to nine win team uh, over the course of a, a 16 game schedule. Uh, and then the Bills face the Dolphins to close out the year, but it is in Buffalo. So 
I think they, you know, they, they have a chance to, to finish with a lot of victories. They're seven and three right now. I think they're, you know, set up to win like 11 or 12 games potentially. Josh Allen is, you know, he's a, he's a wayward quarterback. He's a, he's a boom bust quarterback. We, we know that that's, you know, one of the primary reasons that we argue about him. I think he's this year had a lot more positive plays than negative uh, as in comparison to previous years. And a lot of that is attributable to the way that the bills have built and Stefan Diggs just, I mean, Stefan Diggs is fucking ridiculous. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That, that's why I'm going to take the bills here. Hopefully they win the AFC East. They finish as an 11 and 12 team. Josh Allen finishes, you know, top four in MVP uh, votes. And uh, that's, that's where I'm going to go. No, I, I like that. I think, okay, so, so Allen's another one of these guys where I had a, a bit of a journey on him where, um, I mean, maybe you're better at this than, than I am, but I have to like root for my takes, right? So like the, the first few weeks, it was getting a little square. It was getting a little nervous there <laughs> with with Allen and how well how well he was playing. And you know, I, you know, I'm coming at it from this perspective that I'd watch the game. And I'm like, oh my god, you know, he almost fumbled six times. Like he almost threw this interception. Like I'm just concentrating on those things the entire time. So I wasn't really seeing clearly. I admit to it though. Like I, I try to I try to know I have these 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 biases, right? And then in certain other games like uh, the Jets game, the Titans game. Um, you know, people are like, oh, he's done, you know, he's loose. And I was like, he wasn't really playing that poorly. He had some drops in that Titans game. Yeah, he had the interception late, but the Titans were just marching up and down the field like like it was nothing the entire time. And I thought he was playing really well. And he was converting some third downs. He was doing these things where I, where I start I started to see the positives because everyone was was kind of getting some negative on him. So I really like the Bills as a potential Super Bowl team because uh he has that play where yeah, he could fumble it three times in one game, but you know maybe he doesn't fumble it all in, in a single game, and they can beat anybody when he if he's if he doesn't if you don't if you don't have one of those mistakes right if you don't have one of those mistakes which he can do and I think the defense is a little sneaky like better than what people think too they've had uh, uh, you know various injuries throughout 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 the time they're kind of getting everyone healthy and that's something that can come together with McDermott and others there so I do think they. They are a stronger than expected team to potentially win, and just with Allen and the way they're built, I think for a Super Bowl run too, like specifically for to do that, specifically to 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 beat high end teams a couple of times in a row, I, I think they're really well built for that. So I I love that pick, and you know, like now I can root for Josh Allen again. Like I can root for him now that, now that he's not now that he's not like potentially being the. I don't have to hear about people uh, claiming him as the MVP. Of course, if he would have won that game though last week, who knows? Who knows? Oh, I might have had to be thought, off oh, him again. I was so excited when Diggs caught that. I was like, yeah, baby, you know, because Kyler's <laughs> making this surge for MVP, which I think is legitimate. Um, yeah, I mean, just the rushing production. Um, okay, this is hard. So because I kind of want to go Arizona and Kyler, but um, I'm I'm probably a little bit less confident that the that their performance will continue going forward, and we'll talk about it when we get forward. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna choose uh, Fake Sharp, Sean McVay, and the the L.A. Rams here um you know it's a team that you're not in love right you can't really be in love with anything except for uh Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and how how that defense is starting starting to play now but they have the pieces 
uh, to get it done. Hasn't been great from a fantasy perspective, but the way they've been able to run the ball with that three-headed backfield has really taken a lot of pressure off of Jared Goff. And they seem to have figured things out. They kind of have this weird cycle in the NFL, right, where it's uh, he's the savant, he can't be stopped, Sean McVay. And then they've been they were figured out, and now they're back to be putting up those performances. And I think there's also this thing with the Rams where, like in the in the Miami game, where Goff can look really awful, but in some ways I like that about a quarterback who he's he's not scared to throw interceptions, obviously. Um, and they are pretty good at like converting third downs. And sometimes sometimes if you're gonna lose and you throw one interception, or if you lose and you throw Three interceptions, it doesn't really matter uh, in the game. So I, I know that that's not something that everyone's going to like to hear. The question is whether he can string together enough games to actually win, win the title when they're, they're not really in contention at all to get that by. Um, and that's going to be the question going forward. But I think they have the high-end talent on defense and on offense to get it done. So I'm going to go with the Rams here over the Cardinals. A boring team for sure. Uh, but a team and a team that has is very, you know, a team that you almost want to bet against long term because they've invested so much money into, you know, just a small group of players. But those group of players are badasses, uh, with the exception of cough. But, uh, you know, Aaron Donald, <laughs> Jalen Ramsey, I mean, I, I love what their new defensive coordinator and I was skeptical that their defense was going to be any good at all. This year, after losing Wade Phillips, I really considered him to be a big uh, difference maker. But Brandon Staley, I think he might be a head coaching candidate within the next two years. Uh, he has done so much, so many creative things with their defense, whether it be lining up Aaron Donald against, you know, like identifying the weakest point of the opposing offensive line and just run Aaron Donald, you know, at that dude, like just time and time again. Um or, or, you know, using Jalen Ramsey in the, the star defensive back role, which he played at Florida State. Uh, and then, you know, the next week he's shadowing D- DK Metcalf on, you know, 75% of his routes. And, um, and then offensively, I, this Andrew Whitworth injury, though, I think could be a really, really uh, big deal for them because we know how pressure sensitive Jared Goff is. And even this year, his passer rating, I think, is like 108 or 110 uh, when kept clean and then just, 38.6 when he's pressured and they've got, you know, the Buccaneers coming up, their schedule really isn't that difficult uh, after that. Um, but I, I just, I worry a little bit about that, but they, I mean, they've been a rock solid team since the beginning of the season. So I think it's a, maybe a, like a high floor pick, uh, but you know, not, not a team that I would have picked just because I don't like, I would rather have the bills because they're hey shit, you know, they could, you know, hit, hit, hit the skids down the stretch or, you know, losing the first round of the playoffs or, you know, whatever. Um, but I do think they've got that high variance. Whereas I don't know if the Rams can get up to that. We, we have seen them go to a Super Bowl though, uh, on Sean McVay's watch. So I'm going to go, I'm going to fade you, uh, fade your Seahawks Again. pick yeah. here yeah. and take the Cardinals. And if I get another win on Thursday night, then I think I will be in really good position here uh, with uh, the Cardinals, uh, like almost from like a, a game theory standpoint. And I don't know if I necessarily believe in the Cardinals. You know, they lost Chandler Jones. Uh, they've lost a bunch of dudes up front. Corey Peters looks like he's out for the season. Zach Allen uh, is on IR. 
Jordan Phillips, you know, the, I mean, these are big pieces of, of their upfront defense. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have a, a ton of faith in them, but I do have a lot of faith in the playmaking ability of uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, his connection with DeAndre Hopkins has just been insane from, from the get-go. Um, something I completely blew uh, from a fantasy projection standpoint. And I, I feel like le legitimately embarrassed about that. Um, but uh, they also have like a, a productive uh, rushing scheme, whether it's Kenyon Drake or Chase Edmonds in there. Um, and I really like Christian Kirk too. So uh, I'm going to go with them uh, right here as, as my selection. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the logical next pick. So, I'll, okay. The one thing for why I'm not going with, I wasn't going with them. Number one, I'm a little bit, I, I don't know if I really trust their defense. I mean, we'll see if they can really, they can really put it together. I mean, they had some good optics when they won that Seattle game, but it was, they were pretty, you know, poor the entire time. They weren't, I don't think great against the, the bills, obviously that was another, that was another shootout. So you are, you are going to need that offensive production just week in week out. And so here's the thing with, with Murray. So, I've been wrong about his fantasy year because I thought coming into this season, he didn't pass the ball that well last year, really. Um, not as well as people thought. He, I, 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 You know, to support your point, though, Kevin, I don't think he's passed the ball this year as well as people Right. Thought. Well, yeah, yeah. That's, so that's what I'm going to kind of get, gonna get into. I think I was wrong, but I was right. Like, uh, this is, I, I like to give myself <laughs> partial credit here. Like, I was wrong, but I was almost like I didn't, I didn't expect this rushing production to come, to come from him. And yeah, he started to step it up in the second half of last year after inexplicably not running at the first half of, of his rookie season. Um, but what he's doing now uh, the level that he's producing at. He's producing about half a point. So an EPA is about half a point every single time he scrambles or he runs the ball, which is just insane, right? Like that's a higher, that's higher production than Patrick Mahomes MVP uh, per dropback. You know, like he's just producing. This is this the, the closest thing we've seen to this is Cam Newton in twenty in two thousand eleven. It's just way more than what Lamar Jackson did last year. Way more than any other Cam Newton season. So the question is, is it sustainable? And I admit when I watch it. It looks pretty sustainable because he's he's literally not getting touched on these on these runs, right? But then I just whenever, I, but then I like the I ha, I have to temper the 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 thought of that just because this is an outlier sort of thing. So is it you know how confident are we that that that's going to continue? Because if you take out the scrambles, you take out the the rushes, which obviously you know it's a big part of his game, no, no doubt. But if you take those out, he's kind of like a mid tier quarterback in his efficiency, if not. Um, if not like a little bit lower than that and what he does when he's, when he's not doing that. So I would be more confident in them going forward if the mix between the two, even if the final result was the same, if the mix between the two, the, the, the two was a little bit more equal as far as how he's, how he's deriving his production. But can you stop it? Like that's another thing I was thinking about. Right. Like defenses, is there even a phys is there even a, a numbers way of being able to stop what he's doing running the ball because no one's figured it out so far? It doesn't look like it. It doesn't yeah. look like it. You know, I mean, last week, literally, you know, until and I mean, he had a monster fantasy week, and, and you know, the Cardinals were in the game obviously until the end. They wound up winning on the last play, but he was uh, right around 200 yards with zero touchdown passes until that Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. And their passing game, with the exception of a few deep balls to Christian Kirk, and I do think Christian Kirk is a good player, um, 
but it has been just their passing game has been slant route or uh you know like outside comeback to you know curl route hitch to deandre hopkins boom 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 like repetitively and like that's been it i mean larry fitzgerald has given them nothing they get you know nothing from their tight ends you know um they don't even play isabella like and you know Kyler hasn't been that great uh, as a passer, I think, for the second consecutive year, but he's Allen Iverson as a runner. And, um, it, you know, I, I'm with you that when you watch it, it looks like you can't stop it, even though, you know, when you look at it from a number standpoint, it's like God, he's got to hit, you know, regression's got to hit him at some point. And they're so these runs are long. Like he's, he's I mean, you could think, oh, scoring from – they're long and yards. they're fucking touchdowns, Kevin. Like <laughs> Eddie's not getting touched. yeah, touchdowns. Yeah. You know? yeah, I mean, you could think, oh, 15 yards. But 15 yards is a big deal. Like, being able to run in from 15 yards doesn't happen that often. I don't care if it's the quarterback or not. But he's running in from 15 yards. He's running in from 25 yards. He's running in, you know, all the time. Yes, and, and he's getting some of those, like, ones where he's just embarrassing uh, players on on the on the goal line, and th- this reminds me. that I'm going to go back to. Um, I know we had a little like a DM thread with some other PFF guys. We we're comparing basketball players to uh, to football players. I, I, I'm liking this like Allen Iverson comparison to 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 Kyler Murray because I feel like like the foot speed and the quickness and all of that stuff is just like on another level. Combined with some inefficient, so somewhat inefficient, inefficient shooting, which would be which would be like his passing game. So that that's kind of how I see him, and I'm just wondering where are we going to settle? Where are we going to settle going forward? And if he, if it can continue going forward, but you know this is definitely definitely something I could be wrong against. But generally, I like to bet against things we've never seen uh-huh. before continuing, essentially. Yep. All right. So All with right. my next pick, uh, I'm going to pick select. Who's that? Who's that, Kevin? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, is that King? Is that the King Henry right there? Yes, oh my it gosh. is. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Rich Freebar <laughs> sent me that shirt, uh, my favorite shirt by far now. Um, so, you know, I I have my levels of skepticism uh, regarding the Titans. Uh, their defense hasn't been as good this year. They're not going to get Taylor Lewan back, which I think is big. Um, the way that they play. Being, you know, such a run heavy team is not, you know, the, the best way, I think, to, to get to the, the top of the mountain. Um, I wish they used Derrick Henry more in the passing game, although he really hasn't justified it this year. I wish they would just throw him t- two screen passes a game because I don't think that anybody, you know, in the NFL at linebacker or, uh, you know, at defensive back wants to tackle Derrick Henry uh, in the open field and, you know, I'm definitely, you know, aligned with, you know, the you know, analytics, analytical people and, you know, like yourself and, and PFF and that uh, teams that, you know, emphasize the run over the passing game, put themselves at somewhat of a disadvantage. But, you know, I, I also think that the Titans can do things in the passing game where, where they can remain very, very efficient, even if it's a lower volume passing game, because A.J. Brown is a god. Uh, and Corey Davis, I think, has you know sort of emerged as a really solid number two receiver this year. And Johnny Smith in the full time role has been pretty good uh, as you know their uh, their their main tight end. He's also a, a guy that can block. And um, I like Arthur Smith. I think that he could be a guy that emerges as a head coaching candidate within the next two years. And obviously, I love King Henry. 
Um, and, you know, the, the Titans have done some really, really interesting things, I think, from a coaching perspective, whether it be, you know, uh, Mike Vrabel, you know, taking that, that accepting that penalty uh, to put his team uh, at, at, in an advantageous situation. Um, and there's, you know, what they're, they're what, six and three so far, um, you know, and I, the, the AFC South, like it's between them and the Colts. And I think that they are, although they got smashed by the Colts with Thursday, last Thursday night, um, I think they're just as good as the Colts, if not better. So I think they can win that division. Uh, I think that they can play with almost anybody in the NFL offensively. Uh, their, their defense has been the, the, the weakness of the team this year. And hopefully they can, you know, just get, get, because over the past two seasons, the previous two seasons, they were a team that really was one of the best in the NFL at limiting points allowed. Uh, it's, it's been different this year. Hopefully they, they can get back to that over the second half of the season. Yeah, I guess the, the, the defense is what I'm a little bit worried about. It's mattering or not, you can you can say. But yeah, I mean, they, they so they played okay against the Bills. But like I said, I think the Bills were a little bit better than what the numbers f- finally ended up showing there. Um, they had a good game against the Bears uh, as far as holding down the Bears, but that's kind of like, that's not, that's not much of an accomplishment there. And then against the Broncos, they did pretty well. But other than that, they've just kind of been getting stomped on by a lot of offenses, and they've been able to produce sometimes and overcome that. So that would be the question for me is, can that offense like overcome uh, the the defense that many times in a row? It's definitely possible, um, but a lot of things are going to have to go right for them uh, offensively to do that. Uh, okay, so... Let's we can pick up the pace a little bit here. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to flip over to the team that just uh, embarrassed your uh, your Titans. And that would be the Colts. Uh, I I liked Philip Rivers when they when they brought him in a lot more than than some other people. Um, I think the the talk of him being done was probably uh, a little bit premature and, you know, he's had some really bad seasons in the past. Uh, I think 2013 was probably one of his worst seasons, and he, and he came back, and he's he's playing pretty well this season. They have the defense, unlike the Titans, to probably be able to sustain them. Um, the question is still going to be whether you can get that type of streak out of out of Rivers going forward. So he, he's, he's who I'm going to pick here. I'm going to pick the Colts here rather than uh, taking a little bit more speculative play on, you know, the Raiders or the Browns or someone like that. I like the Colts because I think that they are a high variance team. Uh, I think their defense is rock solid. You know, they run a zone defense and I mean, they just, they don't give up big plays. They don't give up many points. You know, they played a a pretty easy schedule early in the year, but then they've shown that they can uh, really limit, uh, you know, some of the better offense in the league. And this week will be another good test for them against green Bay. Um, But They've been just really stingy and suffocating on defense. If they can, I can't believe how poor their run game has been this season. And Jonathan Taylor, I think, has been one of the biggest disappointments in all of football, including fantasy. Um, but Philip, but because, but I think they're high variance because Philip Rivers has had some really good games and some bad games. Uh, but if he can have, you know, one of those uh, late season slash playoff runs, sort of like, you know, we saw it from Joe Flacco when the Ravens won the Super Bowl, um, you know, if they can get T.Y. Hilton going, 
I loved what I saw from Michael Pittman against the Titans uh, this past yeah, Thursday I think night. Pittman, like, Pittman seems like he's going to be dude, really big as far as yes. – I mean, maybe fit a little bit better than, than yes, Hilton does yes, with, with Rivers also. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, they've got, you know, they've got depth at receiver too. They've got uh, – in Marcus Johnson, they've got three tight ends that they can play. They, you know, their offensive line has been healthy. It's underachieved, but it's been healthy. I, I, mean, I probably should have picked them over the Titans, but I'm wearing the Derrick Henry shirt, so – had to take had to <laughs> take plus we have to we have to support i i need a uh chris ballard shirt also which he oh, yeah. I, I almost canceled him when the, when they drafted a running back but i'm still i still <laughs> i still back. yeah tra- <laughs> traded up for running back um although I, I have a sneaking suspicion some of this is um influenced by frank reich who i sure is i'm sure is a great coach but sometimes don't let these guys get involved in personnel i know he was pounding the table for 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 Paris Campbell, I guess who hasn't been bad, who, has, who hasn't been that bad, but he was pounding the table for him the year plays. before, and that right. hasn't. I'm not a big offensive weapon guy. Um, all right, so uh, we're we're nearing the end of teams that I'm really interested in. Although I do think there's about four teams left right, what, on the what, board that. It, yeah, why don't we just to... go? We we can just go one more each, and then okay, and then close okay. it out since since it's been going a little long <sighs> here. And I'll, I'll yeah, so so I'll I'll, I'll I'll let you have this one. I mean. I feel like I have to take the Dolphins, but I can't let the Patriots go undrafted. So I'm just going to take the Patriots. Oh, okay. All right. So, you know, Stefan Gilmore eventually is going to be back, might even be back this week. They've got a good offensive line. You know, I think that they're a team that is, has always been so good at minimizing their weaknesses and maximizing their strengths. And Cam is absolutely a dude that can get hot. And I think he's started to play a lot better lately. Um, and they're, you know, one of the best coach teams in the NFL. So I'm going to take him. I actually, you know, if I only, if I had more than one pick left, I would have taken the Dolphins. But uh, I only have one pick left, so I'm going to take the Patriots. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's a good, again, it's a team that I don't really know what to make of them offensively for, for the Patriots. I mean, I guess the fact that we have this Jacoby Myers emerging is shockingly <laughs> like a huge deal because they really did not have anyone. I mean, even when they had Julian Edelman, it was a pretty low ceiling type of passing attack. Unless you're playing the Seahawks, um, then, then then somehow the the ceiling is 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 raised for anyone playing against their pass defense. So yeah, I like that there. Now I, I'm a little bit more conflicted here than maybe you would think about whether to take the Dolphins or not. Only because well, there are a couple of good teams here left. I yeah, think. yeah. I mean, yeah. I am. This is a tough one here. I am. Okay, no, I, you know what? I am going to take the Dolphins for for, for 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 the for the last pick here. Although I have to say, I think it's pretty close to. I'm pretty close on potentially taking the Browns, even though I'm just. I, I'm just ho- so, so I'll I'll talk. I mean, we I, I think we kind of know the Dolphins thing, but with the Browns, I may be a little bit higher than some others on them because Baker has been bad this year. Everyone knows he's bad, um, but you know they do play the Ravens, they do play the Steelers, they do have multiple poor weather games that they've been going through here. He hasn't really been given the chance to really pass the ball that much this season so I think that could there could be some difficulties there so maybe I'm a little bit higher in what his potential is but I still have to go with the Dolphins just because of all the pieces that are coming together defensively and Tua 
I still think Tua is a little bit to be determined at this point, but he's doing exactly what you would want to see him do in the game situations that he's had. So I think you could say he's been a low ceiling type of quarterback is what he's done so far, but he hasn't had to, you know, he hasn't been put in that situation yet. And he has been able to drive down the, the ball down the field when needed to, to win games and to put points on the board to beat teams like the Cardinals. So um, for that reason, and, and the faith in the defense and faith in Brian Flores, I'm going to, I'm going to choose the Dolphins there. Yeah, I think that's the, the, the chalky pick, you know, and we started at the top talking about, um, you know, these teams that have sort of taken a one or two year step back and it's, it really sh- it shouldn't be characterized as tanking. And certainly the coaches and the players themselves should never be expected to tank. And, you know, I mean, the players have so much to, to gain by putting their best, uh, their best, you know, performance out there on tape. Um, but these teams that have taken short-term step backs uh, in favor of trying to make long-term gains in the Browns and the Dolphins, and nobody's talking about this, but I mean, they have seen significant gains in a short period of time. The Browns absolutely did that. The Dolphins did that for a year. And I mean, I remember talking with you, Kevin, about this, like you didn't think the Dolphins would be a multi-year rebuild. You thought that they, if, if, if I recall correctly, you thought they would be a, you know, maybe a one-year rebuild and we're, we're already seeing the gains that they have made. You know, they, uh, they cleared a bunch of cap space they, you know, had a bunch of draft picks and they're going to miss on, you know, a bunch of those draft picks as they know. That's why you get uh, that's why you try to stockpile draft picks. And um, they've seen, you know, very, uh, you know, immediate returns from a lot of those draft picks. They're a well-coached team. So are the Browns now. The Browns are a really well-coached team. And, um, you know, I think the Jaguars uh, are doing that same thing. And hopefully they can be the I wonder if this is the if this is going to be the impetus for. Uh, a lot of other teams to, you know, maybe do the same thing where you just take a one or two year step back. You know, it's not, I, I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't even characterize it as a tank. I would characterize it as making short-term sacrifices to try to have long-term gains, which is something that is very, very approved of in like real life, you know, by, by, you know, a, a human being, but for some reason gets shitted on uh, in the sporting world because everybody tries to be hardos. Yeah, I mean, I think what happened with the Browns is, I mean, number one, they wanted Sean McDermott uh, and not Hugh Jackson. So if you had McDermott there, they probably don't go uh, one in 31 those those two years. And that wasn't the plan. I mean, I think that's also been a confusion is, you know, yes, it was the plan to, to clear the decks and rebuild the foundation in 2016. But going to 2017, you know, they took Garrett at, at the top. They they signed uh, Kevin Zeitler. They signed some other players. They were not tanking at that point. They were, they were building, but they just happened to have their worst season. So I think that's how those two things got conflated together, like the multi-year philosophy of a tank when that wasn't really what they were aiming for and again as was not what the Dolphins were aiming for either and they happened to play to play really well and I think what I really like about what the Dolphins have done is you know they didn't they didn't get that number one pick right Um, but they still have been able to to build and they and to do what they've done and you know they 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 use a second round pick on Josh Rosen a total waste right but why not do you just like i feel like you have to be willing to waste picks sometimes and you can really be willing to waste picks if you have extra picks right those are the, those are the times that you can you can be willing to to make those types of moves so that's why i really like what the dolphins and, and done. you know what they also both of those teams did the dolphins and the browns is they both uh like uh corporate raided the texans 
because they got uh, they <laughs> yeah. they identified the Texans as teams that you know as a team that was and Sam Hinkie I think did this with uh, the Sacramento Kings I believe yeah Sacramento Kings uh, is, yeah he, he identified you know that team as the Texans or as the Dolphins and the Browns did with the Texans as a team to bet against and um, you know the the Browns wound up getting it with the number four overall pick I, I believe yeah. And yeah. and the Dolphins now own the first and the second round picks of the Texans. Is that correct? No, I think they just have the the first round pick, right? I think, they it, might I think have it's multi years. Well, they certainly have the first. Yeah, they they definitely but, have the first. Yeah, yeah. And okay, well, either way, like me, I can um, check. Yeah, but yeah, but, yeah, but the, well, you know, the the Browns had the first and the second round pick from the Texans, which ended yeah. up being Denzel Ward, and probably wouldn't have been Nick Chubb if 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 Sanchi was there. There, but Correct. still, that's who it yes. that's who it ended up being. But it is kind of amazing from the Texans' perspective because this is a team that was expecting to like compete when they're giving away these picks, and now they potentially given away two top five picks and a top five pick oh, in the screwed. second round as 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 part of these deals. So yeah, not not too not too pleasant there from the Texans. But they're 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 building culture. They got their culture uh, where, where they where they want it to be going forward. So we they have that for them. But anyway, Evan, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate you going through this with me. I know you have a very busy schedule. Everyone, you know, everyone's already following you at Evan Silva. Everyone's already checking out the stuff um, at Establish the Run. I love the stuff that you and Adam are doing over there. Some of the best football analysis and fantasy football analysis available out there. And you're. You're a legend, a legend, a legend in in your own time. So I I appreciate you joining me. 